am Erin Patton, metaphysical master in a millennial age, and it is my life's purpose to guide you and organizations along an enlightened path. So I invite you to sit comfortably and tune in as I welcome you to the Meta Business Millennial, where we get the real conversations you won't get in the boardroom so that we understand this is exactly the path we need to be on in order to grow, evolve, and thrive. Greetings, I am Erin Patton, also known as Master L, and welcome to the Meta Business Millennial Podcast. I am here today with Hannah Noel, and I'm super, super, (laughs) really just humbled and honored to be able to speak with her about business and, and and bringing magic into your business. Like, rarely do we hear those two words together, magic and business. And, you know, this is exactly what this cast is about, is bringing more of our magic, bring more of our metaphysical aspects, more of our spirituality, our divinity into business, our everyday lives. And so we're really going to dig very deeply into what that means for Hannah and for for your for you, for the listeners, for the watchers, for the viewers. And so without further ado, I would like Hannah to just briefly introduce herself and then we're going to dig deep into some questions about magic and business. <laughs> well, thank you, Erin, for having me on. Oh my gosh, it is an honor and I'm so excited to be here as well. Um, you know, it's, I think this whole idea of how we bring meta- metaphysics and business together is something that is fairly new, I would say, in a lot of ways. And um, yeah, I think there's so much magic. I want part of my tagline is monetize your magic. And it's just like, yeah, it's, it's amazing to be able to bring it together. Um, So I am Hannah Noel. I'm a business alignment leader, aka a business coach, but I like to kind of narrow it down a little bit. So people have a better understanding of what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, I really just lead people especially women, I I work with women right now, lead women back home to their magic, back to who they truly are at their core to create a business that's sustainable and profitable. So really help them get into alignment because that's at the end of the day, like if if you're not truly in alignment, your business is going to be much harder to sustain. It's going to be much harder to market, you know, if you're not actually, you know, actually lit up by what you do. And um, yeah, it very, it very much so fell in my lap. I did not, when I first started in the coaching world a couple of years ago, I did not intend to be a business coach as quickly as I was, but I just found myself like, I, I can't stop talking about business. I love business. I'm obsessed with business. Yeah. And over the last year, I've brought so many spirituality, so many metaphysical aspects to my personal business, but also how I coach. So yeah, this is just like a beautiful partnership here. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. And I, we definitely have to talk about the alignment piece because I feel like that's the part that's missing in everything. The harmonization of life, the harmonization of things and the alignment of things. But before we do that, I want to understand more about you because for so many of our listeners and viewers, people are going through their own transitions and may feel like, okay, I'm too normal to go into like the, you know, the spiritual woo-woo space or I'm too traditional or I'm so conservative. Like, like, what does that look like for you? Like, what did that look like for you? Like, where are you from? Like, where, where did you go to school? What, what were you doing before you got into this? 
was really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I was raised in a Christian household and I would say, you know, we didn't like go to church every single week, but it was like very much so a part of my upbringing um, as far as that like sort of religious side of me. And, you know, I, I grew up in Arizona in the middle of the desert, which if you've ever been to the desert, you know, kind of how miserable that is. <laughs> um, beautiful. <but> <laughs> <laughs> it has its own beautiful ways. I'm very much so a beach girl. I've, you know, you know, back into the spirituality a little bit. I've looked at my astro cartography like lines and I'm very much so meant for water, for the ocean, for the beach. So so being in the middle of the desert, I never felt uh, at peace at home. Like I always wanted to get out of Arizona. So um, eventually it, it became possible for me to move to Southern California. That's where I live now. I live like a 10 minute drive, five minute drive to the beach. I can see the beach. We're kind of on a hill, so I can kind of see the ocean from everywhere in my city. And it was, um, it wasn't intentional getting into business or into, uh, you know, spirituality and metaphysics. It was not something I actively sought out. It was very much so I joined a manifestation course Mm. to like learn how to manifest. Okay. And I mean, I'm assuming maybe at some point you've touched on this, but we're always manifesting. Yes. (laughs) That's not something that you choose to do at any certain point. Um, But uh, yeah, so I joined this manifestation course and what really like started it for me was learning that manifestation is in the Bible. Like there are Bible verses that support exactly what manifestation does. So that was my first moment of like, okay, so this, the spirituality is not so different from Christianity Mm. in in many, many ways. It's, Mm. there's so many similarities. And I had always kind of felt, I guess, awkward or just a little uncomfortable at church. Um, I'm a single mom. I have an 11 year old. I've never been married. So like there was a ton of stigma around me at the church being a young single mom. And I just, it never felt right totally to Uh, me. Well, getting into this place of exploring more spirituality, I was like, oh, this feels right. Like, you know, now I consider myself, I very much so have a, have a connection and a relationship with God and with Jesus and not, not Christianity. I don't Uh, consider myself Christian anymore because there's, there's too (laughs) too, too many stigmas, too much judgment that comes along with that. And I am, I'm very open and it all just, it just happened. Like I, I started with a, a breathwork session and that mm. brought up so many good, good, good things. Um, then I got into tapping and then I started learning, you know, my, um, human design really deeply. Yes. And then that, that, went over into astrology and I was like, Oh my gosh, there are so many things here. Like I've never felt more seen. I've never felt more affirmed in who I am and what I do. And um, yeah, man, it was just, it it happened quickly too. I think that was kind of like a crazy Uh thing to me. It Uh happened within maybe two or three months. I had like this shift and Uh now it's just been this like spiritual awakening journey, just learning more about, all of it. That's <laughs> so, beautiful. Yeah. And did you have traditional schooling? Like, did you do the whole like college thing working in? 
so yes and no. Okay. Um, I I did end up going to college once my daughter was in kindergarten. So it was five years. I, I got pregnant with her at the very end of high school. Um, so when she was in kindergarten and I was 23, I went back to college. I got three associates degrees in business, wow. um, marketing and social media and business management. And then I actually started to get my bachelor's and I realized I had someone ask me, um, so what are you going to do? And at this point I had started my business already. So someone asked me, so are you just going to like go find a good job once you get your bachelor's? Like, what are you going to do once you're done with school? And I realized in that moment that what I was going to do is what I was already doing. So I was like, I'm wasting, I, I, I was so stressed by school. I'm wasting so much energy, so much time, so much money to get a piece of paper that I already have three of, like Mm. I already had like 130 credits at that point, which is more than a bachelor's degree, but I didn't have the right credits for the bachelor's degree. So it was like, it was a whole thing for me where I just realized this is not serving me. This is not helping me. This is only stressing me out. Mm. And I want no part of that. So I dropped out with only like a semester and a half left, (laughs) but I just knew at the end of the day, it wasn't going to actually move me forward in any way. I love to hear that you made a decision based on what you needed to do. And I think so often, and then this is something like a recurring theme that I'm hearing a lot of from your story, talking about you having your daughter at a young age, you choosing to, you know, be aligned with Christianity, but on your own terms and same with your educational path. And so as you started to move more into your coaching, you know, how did that spiritual aspect start to get integrated into the work that you did? Yeah, absolutely. So my my coaching is very much so just based on my life experiences. So mm-hmm. the things that I've gone through is what I help other people go through. Yes. And I'm a firm believer in that you only have to be one or two steps ahead of someone to teach them something. You don't have to. I actually coached someone the other day who on paper is ahead of me in a lot of ways. But coaching to me is a partnership where mm-hmm. you 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 bring out the best in each other and mm-hmm. you know it's just especially me as a projector in human design I yes with a bigger picture I can see people so clearly that they can't see um so I, I very much so use I use human design mostly I would say because it's so simple and it's really easy for people to di- digest um and I'm not confident with astrology there's too I don't know what all the planets mean and (laughs) it's too confusing to me but human design for me is very straightforward and I um I started with human design maybe two years ago or so and I learned that I was a projector which immediately was like oh my gosh I'm not lazy I just have such limited energy and that was so affirming. And I was like, wow, so it's okay that I can only work three hours a day because I get more done in three hours than most people get in a day. Mm. So, you know, I'm like, this is, this is, this is good for me. This is, <laughs> this makes me feel confident. Um, and now I use human design with the type, the energy type. So people, you know, can have that same confirmation if they're the kind of person that needs a lot of rest and they find out they're a projector or reflector. It's like, oh yeah, you've been designed to be able to do it that way. And then there are certain people like manifesting generators are usually just like, is it? Yeah. (laughs) So are you the person that's kind of all over the place? Like you start something, you do this and you can go, go, go. And then try something else. 
Yeah. Irons all people, over the place in every fire. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and a lot of people, so many manifesting generators that I come across, they think that's that something's wrong with them because they can't focus on one thing. And it's like, no, that's how you've been. That's how you're designed. You are literally designed to to respond to something. That's the generator part of you. And then to inform, some, inform someone that you're going to do it and then go start it. And then it's someone else's job to finish it. That's literally how manifesting generators are designed. So there's so much confirmation that comes with the type, with the profile. I love teaching on the human design authority, how we make decisions, because mm. that is like, so like, so I have a splenic authority, which is very, which is like a, a, um, a subtle, a quiet nudge. And it's just a feeling that I have and it makes no sense. And it's like, I, ha- I say all the time, I have no idea why, but this is just what I'm feeling is what I need to do. Yeah. Um, and for so long, I felt like I had to justify my thoughts or my decisions. And when I found out I was a splenic projector, I realized, oh, no, I've been designed to do things that make no sense. And that's perfectly fine. Mm. So in learning all of that about all these different aspects, I have been able to empower my clients in the same way, like, you know, with emotional authorities you have to wait a day or two or maybe a week to make a decision on something and it doesn't mean you're indecisive it just means you have to ride the emotional wave so in the same way I give my clients that same you know empowerment and encouragement to do things based on how they've been designed so yeah I would definitely say that's one of the biggest pieces human design for me in in my uh in my coaching and it's based off of uh, astrology and the chakra system. Yeah. So like I do a chakra clearing too, when I can, you know, feel a pain somewhere in my body, or if I notice I'm having triggering thoughts about something, like I go do a, a chakra clearing, I use Reiki, like all of these things, just every few months, though, it was like something else popped up with that was just like another toolbox or another tool that I put in my toolbox. And I'm able to guide people through all of it now. And again, it's just based on the things that I've learned and I've gone through it. It's all very much an embodiment. And um, that's important to me to actually have the wisdom and embodiment of what I'm teaching so that, you know, I just, then I, it's just authentic to me. And that's how I want to do things. (laughs) I mean, and that feels real because when you have the embodiment then it really just pours from you and it's not something like you have to check a book or you know what I'm saying or go back to references for it it comes out of you just like you're directly connected to source so that's really beautiful and when you're talking about sort of how you brought more of this human design this Reiki these very metaphysical principles into your coaching how did that start to shift your business if at all or was that kind of just like a natural progression I really want to understand more about how your business was impacted by these these tools you started to integrate in your practice. Yeah, yeah. It was it's been incredible to see how these tools have allowed me to really be true to who I am and mm-hmm. really be authentic and really become a magnet because I'm not, you know, so conditioned with all the other things that I thought I should do or thought I should be. I'm truly who I am destined to be and people are just attracted to me. You know, I have people asking me all the time, like how, how to work with me or asking, you know, asking me questions about things or what do you have coming up? And, you know, can I do this with you? Like, you know, just coming to me because I am so true to who I am now. 
And it's just been really neat, especially with human design, because it's new and my community is very new to it as well. Um, Being able to teach people things about themselves and even just like in DMs, like I'll have someone send me a screenshot of their chart and I can read it. So I just give them a summary of like, you know, what type they are and, and, you know, a couple little things. And they are always like, oh my gosh, that's exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool to kind of, to have that insight just based on a chart. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, and Reiki has been huge for me because I literally rebranded. I mean, they, they talk about collapsing time and I say they, is just like, you know, Tony Robbins, all these people in the personal development world that yeah. You know, the king and queens that you think of when it comes to personal development. Um, They talk about collapsing time. And I experienced that for the first time, maybe a month or so ago, actually, it was recent, but I was in this Reiki um, session. And all of a sudden, I felt the need, usually I'm like, close my eyes, like really chill. And I felt the need to sit up and just start typing. Mm -hmm. So I literally, I'm getting chills again talking about it, because it was like, it was insane. <laughs> it was so cool. But I just like wrote out the whole vision for my brand. Yes. And I wrote out the colors and I, I got the words for like program names and brand names. And then for like a week after that session, I have, I can't even, I can't even talk as fast as my brain is going. <laughs> um, I have so many programs in my notes section on my phone that eventually will come out. I'm not yeah. going to launch them at the same time because I think I have four or five programs but like it just flowed out of me like there was no forcing this creativity it was like there was this clarity that came to me and I'm completely rebranding as far as like my actual colors and my voice and uh, it was just like it it was such a such an experience (laughs) I love it. I love it because that's exactly what meta business should feel like. And the reason why, you know, I'm not sure how much of my full story, you know, but meta business was inspired by my own trauma in corporate America. And I used to call myself like a corporate dropout because I really found myself like a round peg in a square hole. Like I just didn't fit anywhere whether it was a competitive environment or it was too white or it was too whatever, it was just always something wrong. And with me in the, in the environment, I just never felt like I fit. And so, okay, okay. Became an entrepreneur. I still struggled as an entrepreneur. Well, what do you know? You know, like I'm the problem, you know? And so it was really in my healing journey that I started to see all that was good, bad, and ugly with me and how that showed up in my business, how much I, hard I worked, how many hours I, you know, I worked, the perfectionism of it. And when we start to really heal those aspects of ourselves, then it flows. So what you're speaking of bringing this fluidity to your business and your brand and all these things is exactly what I'm sure what you inspire for your, for your colleagues and your clients, people you work with. And Let's just talk more about what that feels like or how you get to that place, because I know that there are so many of our listeners, so many of our viewers here 
who are struggling to just check emails just to get through the emails. Mm -hmm. Like I know what that is and the anxiety of responding and the passive aggressive, you know what I'm saying? Everything (laughs) about the work life can be anxiety inducing. So how do we get to that space of flow that you speak of? Oh yeah. Such a good question. And it, you know, it starts with that healing that you're talking about. We have so many limiting beliefs and so many deeply conditioned beliefs that we've, we've taken on when we were children, you know, up until the point that we're seven, our brains are, are, you know, subconscious is just a sponge absorbing everything that's happening. And we make it about ourselves because we don't know any different. So like me, I saw my parents fight and I thought it was my fault. And I took that with me my entire life up until literally like two years ago, because I just didn't know subconsciously I was holding on to these things. So the first step I always say is acknowledging, acknowledging the fact that those beliefs are there and you have to do some digging, you know, you have to reflect on your life a little bit and the things that have happened. And I always talk about body scans and tuning into your body and it will tell you so much about when you feel something like maybe some tightness in your chest, like you can know that there's some self-worth or some self-love or love in general issue there. So maybe that means that at some point you felt like you were unlovable. And so now that's a limiting belief that you're holding on to. Um, and so identifying those, going through that work, doing that healing. And then at that point, you can take those beliefs and you know, find the truth about them, which is that you are lovable or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you're struggling with. And at that point, what I like to do is taking those big emotional events, the things that we, you know, place some negative beliefs, some meaning on using those events as a catalyst for what we do in our work. So I, I don't spend a lot of time regretting the past or sulking in the past, but we definitely use it to to find patterns, to find clues of maybe how we got the beliefs that we have. And once we can switch those beliefs, and honestly, it's an, it's an ongoing thing. We're always identifying new beliefs. We're always growing. We're always learning. We're always evolving. So yes. it's not a process that's ever done. But once the quicker you you know, are able to recognize them, the quicker you're able to start changing them. And from that point, excuse me, from that point, we, uh, we identify like the common theme in all of it. And so for me, I had multiple um, things happen in my life that taught me that I wasn't good enough, and that I was alone, and that I had to do things all by myself, that I had to figure it out all on my own. And I realized the opposite of that is that I really needed community. I needed to be surrounded by people. I needed that connection. And so that is my purpose at the end of the day. And so all of this gets into being fully in alignment so that it's not hard to answer emails because you know that when you answer this email or when you check this DM or when you post this thing, you know that all of it is connected back to your purpose, which for me is building a community, showing women that they are wanted and loved and supported and seen. And all of that comes from my trauma, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, just being able to take take those lessons, take those hard things and 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 empower yourself and yes. empower your 
happens if you're a coach, you know, use it as turn your pain into power is I actually heard uh, who I think it was Robin Arzon on Peloton that I heard say that for the first time. <laughs> turn your pain into power, And I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> like that's exactly what this is. And it becomes all those hard things in business because they happen like you're not going to hit the goal or someone's going to ask for a refund or someone's going to send a nasty message or whatever. Like those things happen because people are human experiencing a human experience and they're going to have feelings and they're, it's going to come out sideways. As my life coach says, it's going to come out sideways, their frustration with their parents and they're going to hurt you, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Like I know I'm sure sure we've heard that. Um, So yeah, when those hard things happen, when you are deeply connected to your why, when you are deeply connected to your purpose, when you know your mission, when you have your vision, all of those things, you're able to just switch it. Like you, you feel it, you feel the pain of someone calling you a mean name, but then you say, you know what, but I know this isn't true because I have this evidence of these people supporting me. I know I'm a good you know, coach because I had this client have success and I did this thing for myself. And that person's dealing with their own stuff. So I'm going to get back on track with what I'm doing. And it's a process. It takes time to learn and to work through. Like this was not overnight for me, but that's eventually what happens. And you're able to take that stuff, you know, on the chin and move on. Yes, absolutely. And if, if you, you may, if you feel comfortable, I'd love for you to dig more deeply into one of those kind of stories that you alluded to that really taught you how to implement this, because I feel like people kind of look at where you are today and they're just like, they don't know what you've been through. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and oftentimes it's in those those stories, in these stories of trauma or pain that create that power for us. So if you don't mind just sharing with us one a story or two that really yeah. taught you how to connect back to your your spirituality, your metaphysics, your metaphysical tools and and what that looked like for you. Yeah, yeah, of course. I I love sharing these stories because I feel the same way. Like it's you know, you see coaches that are, you know, making a ton of money and then they say something like, you know, I walked through I don't know if we can curse. I didn't, I didn't yeah, double check. Of course. Okay. We walk, we walk through hell and back, which isn't the worst curse word. Obviously. Yeah. But anyway, yes. They say something like that. You know, I walked through hell and back this year and I, you know, died and was reborn, but they don't tell how. And so it just kind of falls flat. So I totally, I love, I love sharing these stories. So mm-hmm, um, <laughs> I realized what I do with my clients is we identify a childhood, like a young childhood wound, a adolescent teenage wound and then an an adulthood wound. So for me, when I was eight years old, my dad, my biological dad moved. I was living in Montana with my mom. My parents were divorced and, or I was living in Arizona and my dad moved to Montana. And at the time I didn't, I, I was like, Oh, okay, that's fine. Like I didn't think anything of it, but what that caused was an abandonment wound. And it taught me that I wasn't good enough. That was what you know, eight-year-old me who just is trying to make sense of the world. That's what I, that's what I took from that. And that, you know, so that was like, you know, daddy issues as like cliche as that is, but it's a real thing. 
It's a yeah. real thing. Yeah, that's what happened. And so then I, as I got into my teen years, I became very dependent on fa- finding a boyfriend, finding a boy who was going to give me that love and attention that I didn't get from my dad. Mm. Um, and so that led into my teenage wound, which was I got pregnant at 14 and I placed that baby for adoption. Um, and it's a beautiful story. It's an open adoption She's, gosh, she's going to be 15 this year. My gosh. So she's turning 15 this year. Like, you know, we're still in touch. It's wonderful. But first of all, the grief that comes with having a baby and giving it to another family, like that's not a natural human thing. So that is hard. Um, But the hardest part, honestly, the wound that came with this one was I had four best friends at the time, I was going to a private Christian school, and three of my four best friends, when I got back home, decided to not be friends with me anymore. And I think it actually came from their parents, um, one of the Bible teachers at that school, and then her friend, who was one of my friend's moms, they like went on this witch hunt, <laughs> almost toward me and they like made me the black sheep of the school and they like secluded me from everybody. My parents literally almost, um, my mom and stepdad at that point, they almost sued them for slander actually because of how bad it was that they were, you know, throwing my name in the mud in this little school of like, I think there was like 200 kids in this high school. Yeah. And I was totally secluded, totally alone. Um, well, that's how I felt at the time. Now I look back and I realized I actually had a lot of people supporting me. And this yeah. is part of the reflection that I'm talking about, you know, yes. I look back and I realize how many people actually were supporting me. Yes. But it's so much easier to see the negative because yes. that's what, you know, brings the pain. Um, but yeah, so that led to me feeling very unsupported, feeling, um, just not good enough again like that's what it came down to like I wasn't a good enough friend you know I made a mistake and now I didn't deserve to have meaningful friendships and literally to until two years ago so for 13 years I struggled with friendships I only mm-hmm. really ever made one other close friend and everybody yeah. else at a distance yes. because it was easier and safer that way mm-hmm. um so yeah I mean I, that I struggled with that for up until two years ago. Um, and then my adult wound was my, actually I've had all of my boyfriends cheat on me. So from, you know, my teen years and into my adulthood, that was once again, telling me I wasn't good enough. Uh. And once again, telling me that there was someone better. And once again, telling me that there was something wrong with me. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, if you've ever been cheated on, that's, it's, a uh, it's very difficult. It's hard to overcome that one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the betrayal really is that you, you're trusting and you're, you're entrusting this person with your heart, with your love. You've given so much to this person and to feel like they've betrayed that trust. It's one of the most painful feelings you can feel. It's almost analogous Mm -hmm. to the abandonment issue that you experience as a child. So it's, thank you so much, first of all, for sharing that story because sis, you Mm -hmm. didn't been through it. And I know this is going to be so relatable to someone out there who is going through rough times, I too can really relate to that feeling of being ostracized, being othered by, by other women. 
And it's interesting because one of our other podcast guests, actually she's um, uh, works with the meta business world uh, on my team, Amber does human design work. And we also mm-hmm. talked about sisterhood wounds on a, on a podcast yes. before. And so it's really, really a, a thing that women around the world of all races, of all backgrounds, because for me, I'm just thinking as black women, but it really is a universal thing for women that we are taught to kind of compete with each other and not support each other. And so um, it's just makes sense that now the work that you do supports and heals women yeah. because of, yeah. of the trauma you experienced with having those bonds broken by young women, of course, but still, mm-hmm. but by, by little, but, but, in your childhood. And so it's like a full circle moment with this story of you kind of sharing like the trauma and now the healing and, you know, and, and how, how would you talk more about sort of that, that sisterhood wound and how that came into healing to now be of service to women today, because that's huge, a huge overcoming. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just to touch on really quick, the, you know, the black and white, you know, as a black woman and as a white woman, I think it's so, I think it's so like these kinds of conversations, just women coming to general, coming to together in general, it really shows us that we're not alone. There was so much division in the world and so much racism in the world. I can only imagine how secluded that would make you feel. And so it's one of those things where like, of course, of course you wouldn't hope that this would happen to me, (laughs) you Uh know, uh but I can imagine, I know for me, when I see someone else who I wouldn't expect something to happen to, to realize that it's not just because I was a young teenager, you know, that got pregnant. Like it was, these sorts of things happen for so many reasons across the board, this sisterhood, Uh you know, people, people doing these things to each other. Um, Uh So I think just, you know, I think being open and honest and, and having these conversations and being, you know, relatable and open to who you're talking to. Like, it's just a beautiful story to see the, see how we can connect on a, you know, very special level. So I love anyway. that too. Thank <laughs> um, you for lifting that up. Yes. Yes, uh-huh. of course. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So the sisterhood and how I've turned it, it, really came down to when I did that reflection and I realized how many I'm getting chills again saying this which like when I get chills just means I'm like in the zone (laughs) um but that really when I did that reflection and I realized how many people I actually did have supporting me the thing was that they were too afraid to say something because Uh they didn't want to be ostracized as well Uh so it was easier to stay in the pack and be a sheep and, and, you know, and I get that, you know, they're teenagers, they're young, but even the moms, cause I mean, it was really the moms that led this whole thing, this whole witch hunt against me. So even their parents, there was a couple moms of some of my classmates that supported me, which I forgot about because that wasn't important at the time. And so yeah. now I've been able to see that even when there's so many people that are working against you, there's also so many people that are working for you yes. or working with you, supporting yes. you. And sometimes, oh, I'm getting chills again. Sometimes you have to, <laughs> you, 
you have to look for them. You know, you have to, you have, they're quieter maybe, or they're hiding because they're scared. So sometimes you have to put that effort in to find them. And that's what I do now. (laughs) I bring people together. I have a Facebook group of women. It's literally called empowering new women entrepreneurs. So you know, women who are new to business, like we have, it's a small but mighty little Facebook group where we're able to support each other and and connect with one another. And I'm actually starting a membership to have that community and coaching for new women in business. Um, It's like a a regular sort of thing instead of just periodically in this Facebook group. Um, And my ultimate dream, my ultimate like goal in my business is to have like a high level mastermind where we like go on a retreat a couple times a year and like Mm -hmm. really just dive deep and connect and just really open up our hearts to one another because that's where transformation happens. Yes, agreed. And been vulnerable and been open like that's when things shift and you can really, um, you know, just take it to another level. Ooh, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, so because I recently um, bought a 12-acre uh, plot of land where I'm going to build a, essentially a healing ranch. It's called a commission ranch. Ooh. And it'd be able to host beautiful mastermind ceremonies as the oh. ones you would create. So, you know, it's it's a couple years out. <laughs> I love it. Eventually, you know, when you're ready, we'll be able to host that. So I yeah. love to hear this. <laughs> Oh my gosh, of course. I know. That's and that's my dream to bring in breath work and sound healing yes. and all the all the things. All the mm-hmm. things like have a healing center like that where there's that combination, this combination again of the spiritual business blend, you know, there where it's is. like, well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about our business, we're gonna maybe come up with some strategy even. But mm-hmm. we're really here. We're going to do some spiritual connection. Like we're going to get into all that. And that is the stuff that totally transforms our business. When we focus on yes. that self growth and that yes. healing, and yes. that aspect of it, everything in our business just comes together. I love that you talked about that because we're going to transition a little bit because this is the Meta Business Podcast. Talk to me a little bit more and talk to our listeners and viewers about how you teach this to folks, because I believe that this is essentially the the converting conversation when you're able to really help someone understand or, or really hold the space for someone to understand how shifting themselves can shift the business. Because right now, mm-hmm. like you said, it's very new, it's very fresh, and people don't necessarily see the correlation when really it's like in a cause and effect. Like there's like distinct inf- you know, influence on how we're honoring ourselves and how that reflects in our business. So talk to us about, a little bit about how you have that conversation with people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think for so long, the connection between mind and and business has been mindset work where you're like working mm-hmm. like affirmations and the mind part of it, which yes. is great. That's like the typical personal development stuff in a lot of ways. But I bring in a lot of the body work and your intuition and bringing in your soul into your business um, and into your body and then that goes into your business. And I teach a lot on, um, on intuition and really learning how to connect 
to your intuition and everybody's intuition is, is different. Like some people feel something, some people hear something. Um, but it goes back to, we start with the human design authority cause that's how we make decisions. And so we start there and with human design, I always say like, if it doesn't resonate, that's okay. Like don't pick up the piece it don't try to force something to work just because that's what human design says. Mm-hmm. You have to take what does make sense to you and what does work for you. So that's where we start. We start with the intuition, dropping into our bodies, doing a body scan to learn what different sensations in our body mean. Yes. Um, like I mentioned, you know, the heart. And I also, one of my other signs is if I feel like a, a bowling ball in my stomach for some reason, then I know that whatever I'm considering or doing, I know that's not a good thing. I know that's yeah. not not that it's not a good thing, but it's not right for me. Right. And, um, you know, it just, it's that connecting, connecting to my body mm. because our body, our bodies don't lie to us. Our mind will lie all day long because we have our ego that's trying to keep us safe. So we talk about this too, you know, you have your mm-hmm. ego and your higher self, your ego is a little six-year-old, seven-year-old kid who just needs love and is scared and doesn't like something new. I mean, you know, imagine yourself when you're a little kid, like you wouldn't want to walk into a house by yourself where you didn't know anyone, right? So it makes sense that if you're doing something new in business or trying a new strategy or meeting someone new for the first time, you're going to be scared. So your ego is trying to hold you back. So that's our mind playing I don't want to say playing tricks because they mean well. <laughs> they're, not trying to put it back. they're trying to keep us safe, but it's it's not helping us. And so when you learn to connect to your body and to your intuition and you can pay attention to that, then you can know, is this thing that I'm doing going, is it for me? Is it right or not? And yes. I always, even on my podcast, that my first episode we go over what a body scan is and how to how to use it and then the human design authorities and that's where i start with basically everything mm. because once you understand those things you can come back to it because when you know those things you can really establish your brand values and you know your personal values and you can establish what your definition of success is so then down the line when you're stressed and business is hard you can come back to your values and your definition of success am i in alignment with these things and if you are then your business is going to go on the right path. Um, I feel like I kind of went off track there. Did I answer your question or am I missing something? No, oh, no, that was perfect. So I, I believe that that's exactly right. You know, we must use our body. We must feel into our emotions. And I talk about this a lot too, because I, I do, I'm a Tai Chi master. I do a lot of Tai Chi work and I bring that energy into my sessions in workshops and coaching. And the first thing we learn in Tai Chi is, how is my stomach doing? How is my liver doing? How are my intestines feeling? How's my kidney? Like we're literally talking to our organs and understanding the relationship. It's actually called body and brain training. So the fact that you're talking to your clients about, you know, feeling the the, the signals that are coming from their body in their decision-making process is literally out of this world. Like no one's doing that. You know, the first thing people are going to do is like, let me see the, the spreadsheets. Let me yes. see the numbers. Let me see the data. Let the data, let the data speak for itself. Yet no one's allowing themselves to speak for themselves. <laughs> and that's fundamentally what I believe is, 
is missing from business is, um, you know, a little bit of this intuitive approach, if you will, and in, in sort of blending the intuition with the figures and facts, because of course, you don't want to throw away the numbers, you want to utilize those as well. Yet, how can we bring more of ourselves into that decision making process? So that resonates very deeply. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I completely agree. And I, I love that there's like an actual term behind what it is that I do because I didn't even (laughs) I didn't even know that that's pretty cool yeah that's really cool and and just to get a little bit more into the metaphysical practice um what are some things that that you do and getting more into your specific approach with your clients that bring more of this awareness to their body and bring more of this intuitive approach. So I would love to understand more about your modalities in your sessions with your clients. Yes, of course. Yeah. So I very, we do a body scan. We do a meditation regularly to, you know, quiet our, quiet our mind. Our minds never totally quiet down, but just to still them Mm -hmm, a little mm -hmm. bit um, so that we can have that clarity moving forward in our session. And I've actually just recently switched to Voxer only. I don't even do calls anymore, which was an intuitive decision, which has been brilliant for me, I must say. Okay. Um, and tell me about that. What What is it about Voxer specifically that resonates with you and your, your work? Yeah. So I am a projector and my energy ebbs and flows. And I found myself, there would be multiple times where I would schedule a call at a time that was usually good for me. But, you know, for whatever reason, I would just kind of be off. Maybe someone's energy as a projector, I'm very open. So I I take on people's energy um, Uh. and something would be off. And if I couldn't clear it for some reason, I would go into this call not being my, my best, not being as good as I could, maybe having a distraction. And so I realized that my Voxer sessions, which actually just started as DM, it was actually just like Instagram voice memos. <laughs> um, but I realized that those I was able to reply when I was actually clear, when I was grounded, when I was steady and strong, so that the insights and the the questions, I, my coaching is basically questions. I just ask people, like, you know, so what is have you considered this or what does this look like? Or what does this feel like? Um, we do what we, we always, you know, do a lot of body work. Like, okay, when you're having that thought of why is nobody signing up for my program, where do you feel that in your body? And then they have an answer and then, okay, is there something that has been similar in the past when you felt that same feeling, a different, a different situation in your past? And then we address that. Um, but Voxer very much so I'm able to like bring my my clearest, my best, my most grounded self. So my clients are getting the best of me. And they actually get more access to me because I do weekly packages. So they actually get more access to me instead of just the one hour a week call. Um, and it's just more flexible for both of us. You know, there's no rescheduling. There's no technology difficulties like it's just when when my energy is good when they have the time to respond we can do that in our own time and it worked really really well that's very interesting so you find yourself really 
um, doing remote work on your clients as opposed to sort of the in-person traditional kind of like that, you know, one-on-one coaching sessions that you'll find in therapy sessions yeah. or traditional coaching and things like that. That's really beautiful. Yeah. And, um, and, and yeah, and I guess, you know, one last question is really how has uh, this metaphysical journey really changed and shifted your life? Mm-hmm. Because um, especially your business. And I, I, I like to ask that because um, work in working with your clients and working even in work in my work as well, it's one thing to say, okay, I feel better or, you know, I feel like it's more about the feeling, mm-hmm. but really, can you speak even to, you know, numbers? Can you speak to, you know, number of clients or, or reach or things that really, how has this work really had an influence on your business and maybe some the impact on some of your clients' business as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I love sharing my client wins because yeah. I... I, I just, I, I love celebrating my clients so much, but I'll start with me. I am um, this whole spiritual journey. Like I said, at the beginning, I have become just like magnetic now where I have people who like the, the program that I launched right after I kind of started this whole like journey. I want to say it was like, I think I had like four times the amount of people join that program than the one before. Uh-huh. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and so that was just like an insane growth that I was like, hold on. Like I didn't do anything different. Like my marketing wasn't any different. Like I didn't change how I was showing up or what I was sharing, but there was just, my energy was just different. And people could just, Uh just like, people can just tell when you're being inauthentic or when you're not being true. And so it, it repels them or when you're desperate, it repels them. And and I was yes. able to step into my power and step into true alignment and true authenticity. And I just had people, you know, sign up much more than the other time. Um, and then also my growth on Instagram, I was like regularly losing followers on Instagram. And I think every month, mm-hmm. um, so this is something else about me. I actually don't track numbers or statistics too much because if I do, then I get into my head too much. So I don't know exact numbers, but I will say it was somewhere around, I think I was regularly getting like a couple hundred new followers a month or something like that. I just, I know it was growth. I remember that much. <laughs> um, and I'm actually, I'm actually throwing it all away and starting a brand new Instagram account that I thought, you know, I'd be happy if I had like 50 new followers join this new account with me out of the yeah. almost 3000 that I have at, at, on my old account. Um, and I already have a hundred people there in like a week or something. So I was like, Oh, okay. oh that's beautiful. this is cool. Um, and my clients, Oh my gosh, my clients, after one of our sessions, this was just last week, someone was struggling to sell her group program. And the next day she had someone pay in full for it after like a week of no signups or something. Um, so that was like, you know, that was super fun for her to share that with me. And then another client who randomly one day was like, you know what, it feels right to launch my, my coaching program. She had been like scared and holding back and we had worked through some of these beliefs and she just randomly, like we had no strategy. There was no launch strategy. She just like took it upon herself. She said, this is what feels good in my body. The work that we had done. 
So she just shared it on Instagram was like, okay, I'm doing one-on-one coaching and group coaching. And she had two one-on-one clients book with her within three days out of literally like nowhere. <laughs> she That's just, beautiful. She said, I'm doing it. And she did it. Um, her podcast is a top 10% podcast in three months. My own podcast that I have, well, I have a, I have a, I have two podcasts, one with a co-host with a friend of mine, that podcast got to top 5% within nine months. Um, my other podcast hasn't officially launched yet, so I don't have numbers on that one yet, but I am excited to see what happens. (laughs) Um, gosh, what else? I've had other clients that, my whole my whole goal is to help women take their passions, the things that they naturally love, are naturally good at it, mm-hmm. and make a business mm-hmm. out of it. And yes. so one of the coolest things for me is when someone had, you know, when someone gets paid for doing something that they are going to do anyway, no matter what, and now someone is paying yep. them for it. And the aha yes. and the excitement, they're like, oh my gosh, I just made a hundred bucks and I was going to do this anyway, but somebody paid me for it. And I'm like, isn't it so cool? Like yes. doing that on a bigger scale or charging. Yes. If you can have a full-time income doing what you're obsessed with. And like, yes. that is a huge win too. And that's something else slightly related. I think wins are often people assume that a win needs to be like a, you know, $10,000 a month, your first month in business or, you know, a million dollar right. year, like, a lot of people think that those are the only wins that are worthy of celebration, but I really Uh, think, you know, whatever, whatever success is to you, whatever you want to celebrate. Like I won a free mug the other day and I celebrated the heck out of that because that was freaking so exciting (laughs) to get a free mug. And I, I think, you know, celebrating all the little moments in life and finding the wins is, you know, just another way to really keep you moving forward. So. And you really attribute that to metaphysics and and your ability to be aligned in alignment with your truth and your authenticity. And that to me is what's so beautiful because as you shared before, you know, your, your client is doing something that they would already be doing for free. And now that they're doing it with that passion, with that purpose and that intent, and now they're able to reap benefits and reap the reward from, from that, you know, investment in their themselves. And, and last but not least, I just wanted to um, dig a little bit more deeper into your, uh, your gifts. So you talk about, you do Reiki, you talked about your human design. Can you speak more to how you cultivated that part of yourself and that aspect of yourself you know were you trained formally or did you were you self-taught I'd love to understand more about about your gifts yes yes so to clarify Mm -hmm. I I actually don't do Reiki on others um, Mm -hmm. and I'm not officially trained in Reiki either just to clear that miscommunication Um, I Mm -hmm. work with a Reiki master who I do Reiki with who she like does it on me and I've kind of taken some of the how Reiki works and done it for myself, (laughs) but I don't technically considered official Reiki. Um, but I teach my clients to do that too, you know, focusing on the different chakras and just sending love there and clearing them and working through the beliefs that come up in those different chakras. So that's definitely part of it. Um, I do do breath work. I have no official training though, in any of these things. So I don't do anything that's too deep because, I'm not officially trained, 
but I do share what I have done for myself. I share that with my clients and we go there. And then if they want to go further into, you know, a, a deeper breathwork session or an in-person breathwork session, you know, then they are fully capable of finding the person to do that with. Um, human design, I, again, not an official training, but I have done a ton of research. And in one of the courses mm-hmm. I would, that I was in, she did probably almost like a mini training, obvious, honestly, like probably half of what a certification would be. So I have all of that knowledge under my belt. Um, and that's actually something that I really preach and help my clients with too, is I think there's a time and a place for being certified. And I think there are certain things like, especially breath work, if you're going to mm-hmm. bring up traumas, like if you're going to go that deep, like then you should be certified and it should be in person and there should be people there. Um, so even like, I, I wouldn't even do, you know, a deep breath work session online because I think those things should be in person anyway. Um, yes. so yeah, so, uh, but anyway, so a lot of what I teach is based on the fact that our experience, the things that we have done for ourselves, the ways that we've worked through things for ourselves, we can use those and guide people in the same way to do that for themselves too. So you know, I really believe that um, we don't have to be certified or have official training in some of these things. Again, if you're going deeper, then yes. <laughs> but on a, on a more surface level, just acknowledging things and just starting that process, I think it's, you know, beautiful to be able to do that on your own. Yeah, we're certainly in the age of knowing. And so learning and self-teaching is almost paramount in everything that we do. So I 100% agree. I definitely believe that there's a time and place for certification. I also believe that there's a time and place for being self-taught. So that's really beautiful that you have a bit of both in your experience and in your toolkit. Because I, I often share that when I started my metaphysical journey, I had no teachers. And the universe in many ways made it that way because I had been so heavily reliant. I had been schooled my whole life, Mm -hmm. like schooled and people pleasing was kind of like my MO. And so to be able to teach myself and having to hear my own voice and trust my own instincts. And to your point about the intuition, that's what started to cultivate that for me because I did not trust myself. And in many ways am still kind of working on that growing of trust in self and trust in God and and so in source and universe and so I believe that that self-teaching is really a beautiful um, period in your life I'm sure in any any of our listeners and viewers if you're finding yourself maybe not having the resources or the funds or access to teachers or mentors a good YouTube search (laughs) or coming to my website or going to Hannah's website and learning from some of the things that we do. I mean, these are all opportunities for you to grow yourself. And that's really what this path is about. So I love that you encourage that for yourself and for your clients. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so we have a couple more minutes. I want to just kind of give you the floor if you, if I left something out in terms of like the work that you do or digging a little bit deeper into the alignment with the business. Like maybe you can even just talk about like what the magic is. Like what does that mean to you? Yes, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. I, I know we covered so much today. And, you know, I guess some of my final thoughts are just knowing that you have everything that you need within you. And you don't have yes. to go find like I'm, I'm not the coach for you because I'm going to tell you how to 
do something, you already have the answers in you. And this is for everyone. Like we have the answers within us. We just need to learn how to look within and we need to learn how to trust ourselves and guide ourselves and lead ourselves. And that's definitely something that I see in the coaching world a lot is coaches like saying, you know, I'm the person for this or, and and there's a time and place for it. Like, you know, we all have our expertise for sure, but everybody can figure things out on their own. Like you have the wherewithal, you have the answers. You don't need to hire a coach that's going to tell you the proper strategy. You just need to Uh learn a body scan (laughs) and you need to learn how the (laughs) intuition works and how those things work. And when you can do that, then you can ask yourself the right questions and you can give yourself the answers. Um, I will say working with a coach is so valuable because they're going to help you, you know, move, move things along quicker potentially because they have, you know, an outsider's view when we're, when even I have a coach and I've always had a coach, but when we're, when we're so emotionally and deeply connected to what we're doing, which is super important to stay in alignment. So, so you want to have that, but when we are that close, it's harder to have a bird's eye view. It's harder to have a, a, you know, just a bigger view of what it is that we're doing. So having a coach is very helpful in that way. But at the end of the day, you have everything you need. If you're a brand new business owner, if you're wanting to completely change your business, if you're just wanting to grow your business like you have the answers within you and just taking that time to to just focus and quiet down and take a deep breath like i i love you know doing mini breath work on myself where you just are mindful of your breath and you yes slow down and you breathe deep into your belly and deep into your chest and then you exhale for twice as long as you inhale and you just do that a few times and you can just get grounded really easily. I also another mm-hmm. another grounding technique is to just imagine your your body having roots that connect down into the earth. So like if you're laying in bed, yes. just closing your eyes and imagining that roots grow out of you down into the ground. Um that is super helpful for grounding too and that's really mm. back to yourself. I love that. I love that. Mm. And Hannah, I just want to say how grateful I am for you sharing this wisdom on the cast today and also just speaking life into people just probably around the world who are listening about how to bring more of themselves to their business, be more aligned in the business that they do and stay grounded because that fundamentally is the key. And, you know, for people who want to work with you or want more information from you, how can they best reach you? What's the best way for them to get in touch? Yes. So Instagram is probably the best. My handle is with Hannah Noel. And you can just DM me there and say that you heard me on the Meta Business Millennial podcast. And um, yeah, we can connect and see, you know, what works best for you, what you're looking for help with. And if I don't feel like I'm the right person, then I will tell you that. And I'll recommend you to someone who I think would be a better fit because sometimes we have more emotional blocks that we need to work through before we really work with a business coach. And um, you know, I can do some of that, but I really, there are people who are more suited to handle the emotional intelligence. So, um, Uh yeah. 
Perfect. For everyone else, I want to also thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Meta Business Millennial Podcast. I am Erin Patton, and you can find more information about this cast on my website, themetabusiness.world. Also on my Instagram, I am Erin Patton. On Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, at I am Erin Patton. Thank you all again so much for joining us today. It was wonderful, wonderful having this conversation with Hannah Noel. And we will join you on the next podcast. I love you so much. Peace. Did you really love this episode of the Meta Business Millennial Podcast? Well, I am honored. And I appreciate you subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing it with your friends because your feedback allows us to co-create more enlightened conversations. And if you're interested in growing your soul now, head over to my website, erinpatton.com to find all the show notes, links, and free resources to get your energy activated today. In the meantime, stay bright, my friends. Much love and light. Peace.